Hello, I'm Nicole Clark, speech language pathologist and vice president of compliance education for Health for Heritage. You're listening to the Compliance Connection podcast, your connection to information and strategies that will help you, the clinician, keep up with industry guidelines and requirements. The word compliance often comes with some level of anxiety. We're here to ease that anxiety by providing you with information about all aspects of your clinical practice that will help you provide the best possible service to your patients. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. This is Rebecca Rambo with the Quality Assurance and Compliance Division, and I'm here today with Jason Sasser from our Clinical Strategies Division. Today, we're here to continue our discussion about OASIS and OASIS scoring items, and we're going to look at one that is scored a little bit different than some of the ones we previously reviewed. Today, we'd like to talk about the M1033 item, risk for hospitalization. That has a lot of factors to keep in mind, and is one of those weird scores that says mark all that apply. Um, so Jason, tell me a little bit about this last item, and what are we looking at that might cause someone to be at risk of hospitalization? So yeah, this question is, uh, I see probably as one of the number one, as far as making mistakes on that clinicians uh, don't answer accurately, uh, you know, along with the functional impairment scores. Um, this question is actually worth 11 points. So it's a pretty big question, but to get the 11 points, you have to have four or more of the items marked excluding eight, nine, and 10. Um, so if you have three, exclu- you know, excluding eight, nine, and 10, that's still a zero. You have to have four. So when I go back and I'm doing a lot of audits and looking at OA that I see that are not marked, and we'll kind of walk through those and talk about them. Um, for uh, one, as you can see, number one here is history of falls, and it says two or more falls or any fall with an injury in the past 12 months. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Rebecca, how people don't really uh, account for falls sometimes that, you know, this includes anybody who's had a fall that was both witnessed and unwitnessed. Um, This also accounts for a block fall, uh, meaning that if the caregiver was with the patient and they actually kept the patient from falling or the patient fell into the wall and it was a block fall that counts as a fall and then also looking at any it says any past fall not two or more but any past fall that resulted in an injury and an injury can be anything from a skin tear to a laceration or a bruise so if there was one fall you know 11 months ago and the patient had a skin tear or laceration you can actually mark this question yeah, so I think for that one, to make sure it's accurate, you really have to make sure you did a thorough review of the medical history as well. So um, looking back at physician notes to see any documentation, um, interviewing the patient, interviewing caregivers, and then really asking more specific questions about um, what a potential fall entailed, what was an injury, not just asking, were you injured, but asking specifically, you know, tell me the steps that happened. I think that that would be really important to make sure that you're getting all the details that you need to know if you mark this or not. Um, What about the unintentional weight loss of more than 10 pounds? That's also another one where we're looking back at the last 12 months. That's a lot of time. How do you check to see if that should be um, this, yeah, so this one's big too that a lot of people, and I've seen a lot of uh, RNs as well as therapists miss this one. 
Um, so, you know, on the start of care, you, it's appropriate that you have to weigh the patient on the start of care. That's part of the assessment. But then I'll go back and I'll look at hospital records or face-to-face encounters with the physician from, you know, 20 days ago or when they were in the hospital two months ago. And I've seen, wow, they, you know, they weighed a lot more before they got sick, you know, or had an exacerbation of their disease. And, you know, if they've lost more than 10 pounds from what you got on the start of care, you know, if the patient weighs a hundred pounds on the start of care, but you see in the hospital records that when they were admitted two months ago, they were 125 pounds, that's more than 10 pounds of weight loss. So, Looking at the records and the history and physicals is a great way to find this because they most of the time they capture this on all hospital admissions and face to faces. Yeah, so you brought up a good point that kind of leads to the next one is talking about multiple hospitalizations or emergency department visits. Um, that looks like that's our next two items. Yeah, so you're looking. Yeah. At, yeah, you're looking at multiple hospitalizations, two or more in the past six months, and you know. I'll tell you one example of one that I found was a patient that had a total hip replacement and three months later ended up having a heart attack. So that counted as two hospitalizations, even though it was two different ICD-10 codes. They were in the hospital at two different times for two different things. But you can also have a patient who may be diabetic or COPD and could be a frequent flyer. So you need to also count those hospitalizations as well in the past six months. And then you look at multiple emergency room visits. Um, I can't tell you how many patients that we know in home health make frequent trips to the emergency room. They're never admitted, but they do go to the emergency room, uh, you know, quite numerous times. So that's, again, you know, talking to the caregivers, talking to the physicians, looking at, you know, the face-to-face notes and all that kind of good stuff. That's usually documented in those as well. All right. And what about the decline in the cognition or mental status? Why would that impact your likelihood to go to the hospital? Because what we see a lot of times is that people, you know, go through uh, times of depression, you know, where they are just, you know, they get really depressed. They're not as active. I know I've been looking at a couple of charts here lately, especially with all this COVID-19 pandemic where people, especially in assisted living in the nursing home are confined to their rooms. You know, they're not even involved in activities. They can't see their family. So, there's a lot of these people that are actually getting depressed. You know, they're emotionally upset because they can't talk or, or you know, participate in any activity. Uh, I had a guy that I just looked at recently who has Parkinson's disease and he got severely depressed, lost over 15 pounds within two months because he used to help lead his exercise program at the assisted living. So he had a big decline in mental, emotional and behavioral status in the past three months, you know, just from this uh, public health emergency alone. So looking at things like that, you can also look at the history and physical uh, when the patient was admitted to the hospital. You know, some examples of this is I've seen a patient where they may have been in a coma for three days. I mean, that's definitely a decline in mental, emotional, behavioral status within the past three months. If they were in a coma or uh, something like that, or they were not alert and oriented, and that's documented as well. You know, some people with UTIs and things like that are incoherent or, you know, have hallucinations. So, you know, take all that to account, read the history and physical, look at the notes and see what you can find. Yeah. So I think you made a good point about the history and physical in the notes is we want to make sure that we do have that supporting documentation for anything that we're checking in here. If we're seeing those um, or hearing reports of increased bouts of depression or increased emotional 
decreased emotional well-being that we document that, that we refer back to the doctor and make sure that the, the physician is aware of any of those declines that we're seeing that many of our seniors might be facing right now with social isolation. So I think that just a plug here that to remember to include the supporting documentation for each of these items. And whenever you identify someone, don't forget about your coordination of care, referring back to the physician. So that supporting documentation is, is so important for any OASIS item to really be your backup. Um, all right, well, let's talk about the next one. What does number six entail? When would we check that one? So this one is reported to observe history of difficulty complying with any medical instructions. As you can see, any medical instruction, that can be, they give you an example of medications, diet, or exercise, but it's any medical instruction in the past three months. So this is the patient, um, a lot of times you'll see this with people that have like diabetes or things like that, that they don't check their blood sugars regular, they are just a patient that's not compliant with their medication regimen, you know, they take either too much medicine or forget to take their medicine, things like that. It's really, they're not compliant with any medical instruction. It can be from medication to wound care to, you know, self-care, whatever the doctor has specifically ordered. It can even be, you know, a patient that you might have put on a home exercise program, you know, two months ago and they're not complying, they're not following that. So looking at things like that, um, it can also be that, that a lot of that is documented also in the history and physical or the face-to-face -face from the physician. Okay. And number seven, looks like that one is involving medications. Yes. And the thing about this is that it is, you mark it if they're currently taking five or more medications and that's not just prescription medications. This includes over-the-counter medications as well. So that can make a huge difference when marking this question. All right. Um, and tell me some about 8, 9, and 10. I know that those don't actually count towards the score, but what, yeah. what do those entail? So 8 is just really a person that reports exhaustion, that they, you know, they're telling you they're extremely tired or they can't participate in any activity due to exhaustion. And then other risks can be anything... Um, any characteristics that's not listed in responses one through eight, you can think of things like slower movements for sitting, standing, and walking, you know, not really good manual muscle, you know, testing results, things like that, and um, take into account as well. And then you don't ever want to mark number 10 because that's none of the, it says none of the responses should be selected. So don't ever mark that unless they actually don't have any of the above listed areas. And you, yeah, I have. I imagine if someone's being referred for <laughs> therapy, you know, it, that would be a rare um, thing that you might mark or apply. Right, right. If they've already, I, yeah. And just also remember too that, like I said before, we have to have four of these marked in order to get a score. Just, you know, besides eight, nine, and 10 don't count, but you have to have four or more marked. If you have three, it's still a zero. Um, so as you can see, if you, you really want to catch all, capture all the appropriate data so they can be scored correctly and get the appropriate amount of revenue to take care of this patient as well. All right. Well, thanks, Jason. That really wraps up kind of explaining that risk for hospitalization. And just as a reminder, that is one of the OASIS items that is included in the PDGM functional impairment level, just like the previous ones that we discussed. So, um, well, thanks everyone for tuning in. We hope that this was helpful and stay tuned for more information about OASIS and Section GG in the future. Thanks.